0: the power of their data. to Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.
1: The pitch, a swing and a drive, deep left field.
0: Welcome to the Countdown
1: to Opening Day show presented by Amron.
2: That ball's hit hard and deep to left field.
1: Claiborne and the countdown to opening day show presented by amron and right picks out the sign the pitch is swung on a miss turn a second base strike him out Ground him out double play on the cardinals radio network
3: Welcome into another edition of the Countdown to Opening Day Show here across the Cardinals Radio Network alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Polly We are recording this week's show from Cardinals at Nation Restaurant and Bar inside of Ballpark Village. Ballpark Village and uh, Bush Stadium going to be very busy here uh, in about a week and a half with uh, the winter warm-up going on, but we got a lot of things to talk about today. Claiborne, as always, good to see you.
4: Good to see you as well. I- <clears throat> Excuse me, and I hope the holidays went well for you and your family. Everybody it, have a good time? It uh, it went really well.
3: We uh, we tricked our four-year-old daughter to think thinking that uh, New Year came at 8 p.m. and then we got her to bed.
4: Now you're thinking. Yeah. Now you're thinking. it <laughs> you know, was a wonderful thing. I got to tell you, I'm at that point. I, I spent New Year's Eve out of town. And I, I, seldom, I seldom do that. But, man, I, I got to tell you something. I was yawning pretty good mm-hmm. in, at an earlier stage than midnight. But it was all good. And, you know, what? I've always been a believer that holidays are, are meant for family and friends, to be able to convene and and just kind of exhale a little bit. So it was good for me. But, you know, also, once we get past the first of the year, the next thing that comes up is the warm-up, the caravan. Here comes spring training. We watch guys play catch for about a week or so. And then we start playing games. And I look at the games in three different phases. The early phase of just getting out there and playing. The second phase of really starting to evaluate what you have and trying to go a little longer. And then the third phase, is going longer and formulating your team, not only your team, but what Memphis is going to look like and what Springfield is going to look like and what Peoria is going to look like. Uh, and those, that, those final ten games will uh, really be an indicator. And then we play those two games in Arizona against the Cubs, and then we open up against the Dodgers. It'll be here before you know it.
3: This is the time of year where if you're a free agent player I think you start to feel that urgency yeah we saw Harrison Bader sign yeah. a one-year deal with the Mets earlier today uh, but now maybe at one point the the pressure was on baseball teams to get deals done now there's more pressure I think on players to find a deal to get done
4: well I think it's a pressure on the agents yeah because you can't tell me the players are just I don't care I don't you know because you know they have to get stuff for spring training find a place to live, maybe move their family there. And if there's a lot of logistical issues that come into play, not to mention the contract, what's it look like? Is it good money or is it just keeping a job? And if you're signing as a free agent that's maybe a utility guy, you have to look and see, can I make this ball club? You know, who, who else do they have coming in and competing? So there's a lot of things that go into it this time of the year, and that's when they, the agent calls. I mean, the player calls the agent like every other hour. What, what do we have? And Trust me, I've been through this before, and you have to make sure you calm your player down and say, hey, this is how this is going to work. You can call me as much as you want, you can call me as little as you want, but all I need you to do is just be cool, and we'll get a good deal for you.
3: I think sometimes people forget about the logistics of life. When You look at a ball player mm-hmm. and you see a machine they have wives. They have kids. Maybe they have spent their entire career playing for a team or teams that train in Arizona, and they're right. about to train for a team Good that's in call. Florida. It's a completely different world. And they have no world. idea what Florida yeah. looks like. No. And, and Arizona, everything's centrally located. You can go live anywhere you want. You go with a team in Florida, you're spread out. you you got to be very sure of where you're going to be living.
4: Yeah. Um, I like Florida better because of the consistency weather-wise. Uh, And, you know, if you're on our side of the state, where the Cardinals train, you have Houston and Washington 15 minutes away. Mets are right up the road, maybe a little bit more than 40 minutes. And you're playing half your games in Roger Dean Stadium against the the, uh, Miami Marlins. So the travel doesn't impact you as much, but all the other things around it will impact you, especially if you haven't played on this side of the state. Yeah.
3: Um, It it still feels like the Cardinals... Uh, need to add to the bullpen yeah. and uh, there, there's guys out there but, but maybe as this year shifts the calendar turns to a new year some of those deals
4: might get a little bit easier to get done you would think because there's a lot of guys that are out there and <clears throat> I'm not sure what they're waiting for I know someone say, well they're trying to see how the market is set well I don't know if you can even do that because you have a guy like Josh Hader who was probably the most coveted closer And then you have a bunch of guys who are all in the same kind of a boat. Maybe they have closing experience. Maybe they have setup experience. But you kind of know two years, maybe three with an option, and that's about it. Now, you can circle the number as far as money is concerned, and maybe it comes down to an extra million compared to somewhere else or being on a team that has a chance to compete. You know, all those things go into play. But when it's all said and done, my question is, what are you waiting for? let's get this get it done and I'm not just talking about the Cardinals I think baseball as a whole, and that's the one thing about baseball that really makes me scratch my head when I look at the NFL and the NBA and the National Hockey League when their first day of free agency takes place it is like Niagara Falls yeah. I mean water's just coming over the top and compared to baseball where everybody's playing a waiting game for what well, it's because of the cap. Because
3: in the NBA, if you don't get yours on the first day,
4: you may True. not have
3: yours to get. Well maybe
4: that's the reason. Because those other three yeah. sports are all cap sports, so that that may be the point right there.
3: And I, baseball's never going to a cap.
4: I don't think not baseball. No,
3: I don't even think. I don't even think it'd be good for the game for baseball to go to a cap. I'm not a cap guy. I'm I'm somebody who gets frustrated when people complain about something but then don't have a solution. I'm with you. I wish that baseball could do something to make free agency more entertaining. Whether it's find a way to get things going right at the beginning or at winter meetings when everybody's there, uh, as opposed to as opposed to this. But I, I, at the same time, I don't know what the answer is.
4: I don't either. Um, do you create some sort create some sort of incentive to to try and do deals sooner? But then you know the players' association would push back yeah. and say you're restricting their opportunity to move. I don't. I agree with you, Matt. I don't know if there is a logical solution that I thought of. Uh, I just like to see it because I think it creates more interest in the game. Think about how much of a headline Otani got in one signing, and he was the talk of the world of sports, not just baseball. And I'm not saying you're going to have an Otani every year, but if you start seeing guys falling like dominoes going to other teams. Uh, it's going to create a buzz in your off season that you normally wouldn't get.
3: The only thing I could ever think of is maybe because other sports have the legal tampering period where you're allowed to talk before you can sign. Maybe push back the opening of free agency to closer to the winter meetings, but have a two or three week legal tampering period leading into that. It's not a
4: bad idea. Hey, look, I'm talking to the next commissioner here, folks. <laughs> Matt Polly, Commissioner Polly. But no, I think you make a good point. Um, and you know what? Maybe it's something out of the box. You know, I, I think some of the great ideas are the ones who, or something we weren't thinking of. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. But I tell you what I would be opposed to if a team doesn't do anything in, free, in the, in the offseason. And you don't think they're kind of scratching their heads in Chicago about the Cup? Yeah, they spend all
3: that money on Craig council
4: yeah. and then they don't do a thing. They haven't signed one legitimate – well, I won't say legitimate. I think anybody who can play in big leagues is a, is a legitimate player. But not a known player that can help their roster on opening day
3: that's Mike Claiborne I'm Matt Polly. we're gonna be joined by uh, Ricky Horton for most of the show today
4: Ricky Horton I've heard that name somewhere before oh um no that's another Ricky Horton I'm sorry um let's see Baseball, he does. Some yeah, he does some baseball stuff. Okay. I think you work with him he, on occasion. That, oh yeah, yeah that guy. Okay, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I do remember him now. I haven't seen him in a while. He's going to join us in
3: just a moment. It's the countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Now back to the countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on KMOX. Welcome back in. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show across
3: the Cardinals Radio Network alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. We have a very special guest with us, former Cardinals pitcher, now uh, part of the Cardinals Radio Network. He is uh, Ricky
2: Horton. Ricky, good to see you. Good to be with you guys. You know, the uh, winner is a a long time to kind of pass the time when you're waiting for baseball season to start, but us talking shows me that it's right around the corner. Well,
4: considering we had an earlier start,
2: on the off season yes you're right you're absolutely right (laughs) good
4: point (laughs) we we have been off way too long but it's getting closer and really i think ricky for me uh it really starts this weekend or next weekend with the winter warm-up and the cardinal caravan
2: yeah all that starts in in january and it's all fun stuff too and and i think it's kind of you get uh just get immersed in uh all things cardinal during that time and you know it's the caravan number one and it's uh, you know, uh, going out and, and seeing all the Cardinal uh, cities that carry Cardinal baseball and the Cardinal Radio Network and just getting us to be with people. I always say that the caravan is my favorite thing that we do during the year because we really get in touch, and you and I will be together, mm-hmm. Claves. We get in touch, Matt, with Cardinal fans. Yeah. I mean, real Cardinal fans. I mean, you follow people on social media and you realize you're going to get maybe a harsher uh, viewpoint there. But when people just who just love the Cardinals, uh, they just, you know. Uh, can't wait to get good news about the Cardinals and they want to be positive and yes it was not a good season last year we all know that but they're going to still be out there they're going to be loyal and say it's still our team and, and, and uh, let's, let's just keep going Yeah, and you're right everybody's optimistic at this point
4: and hopefully we'll be the bearer of more news by the time uh, we get to those places maybe there'll be an addition here or there yeah. but uh, they, it's all Cardinals they want to learn about what are we going to, be, what are we going to do to be better for next year, and I think we're already better when it comes to pitching, as far as the starters are
2: concerned. Yeah, the starting rotation clearly is better, and you know one of the other things that the uh, caravan affords us is a chance to uh, get to meet players of the future. Mm-hmm. And you know we've got uh, on the one that we're on, we have the uh, Minor League Player of the Year and the Minor League Pitcher of the Year, and and so you have the you know you have the past player uh, function there. Ryan Ludwig and 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 Rick Ankiel will be with us. So you got the, kind of the past player, you got the current guys, and. You know, Brendan Donovan will be on ours and others. And then you got the kind of the next level guys. I think that's a cool thing, too. I agree. And and what's really fun, Matt, is the interaction with the different generations of Cardinal players. You Mm -hmm. got the young guys looking at the guys that are playing now. They don't necessarily even know who the veteran guys are. Maybe they'll know who Rick Ankiel is. I'm sure they will. But. But the point is, there's a lot of kind of learning that goes on there and sharing, and you become kind of a a part of a family when you're on the bus. No, I agree.
5: And,
4: and you know, for us, getting to know these young guys before they get to the big leagues is something for me that I've always tried to pay closer attention to and follow their minor league career. But I, I find that for us, being on the bus, being in the back, and listening to those guys, the veterans talk to those kids and that wide-eyed look they have because yeah. they start hearing those stories yeah. about this guy and this player, and it, it's the, the real bonding starts to take place.
3: I'll tell you this. So growing up in St. Louis and then being away for 20 years and coming back and being involved with the Cardinal Radio Network, last year they asked me to do the caravan. It was first time I'd ever done that. Uh, there was just a moment in that where I kind of said, if I would have told 12-year-old Matt that yeah. he would be in this spot with these guys doing this thing, talking to Cardinals fans, uh, it, it's just a it's a really cool thing. And I talked to other people in baseball, you know, a lot of these like the winter warm up event, there's a lot of teams that have dropped those since COVID and they haven't come back. Uh the idea of a caravan, not many teams do anything like that, it's a really special thing and I hope that Cardinals fans don't take it for granted.
2: Well, I, I'm intrigued by the idea of me actually having a conversation with twelve year old Ricky because there'd be a <laughs> lot going on there. I, I mean first of all I'd be saying, Look what look what you got a chance to do in your life and, and secondly, you know, here's some things you probably shouldn't do. <laughs> so I'd probably
4: have Maybe, but, uh, maybe a little too late for that, it, but in it any be, event. It
2: might
3: be. <laughs> We're uh, continuing to talk with uh, Ricky Orton. What does this offseason feel like for you? Because as Clave said the offseason came so much earlier yeah. this year, but now all of a sudden we're at a point where it feels like things are going like this, and it's going to be spring training
2: before we know it. Well, you know, the, the offseason started as a as a debrief among Cardinal Nation and, and anybody connected to uh, Cardinal Baseball because we were kind of thinking, what went wrong? And we, you know, we answered that question for, for months and months, both internally and externally, about, okay, what's go uh, how did that happen? Is it World Baseball Classic? Is it the lack of yachty and lack of pitching? And and clearly, everybody landed on lack of pitching, is. It, it, and, and pitching that, let's just say, didn't live up to expectations in some places. So the point is, you know, you kind of debrief. You say, okay, it's an aberration. We're not going to keep going in this direction. Uh, but I think the, the, the minute the Cardinals went out and got, I mean, they got three pitchers fast. I mean, really fast. And I think that was a, a genius move in my mind by, by John Moselock because clearly you needed to turn the page on last year and to start to kind of generate some excitement again. Now, is that all of the work? Probably not that that he's going to do before, you know, opening day or before, you know, the middle of the season. But the point is, you know, it's kind of a kind of enough to get, I think, a lot of Cardinal fans, maybe not en- not all enough to go all the way, but enough to kind of turn the page and be excited about 2024.
4: I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, because there weren't as many moves that took place during the season. And we kept saying, what are they going to do? Right. We're going to do this. And so once they realize, okay, we can't compete this year, this is not our year, they wasted very little time, as you mentioned, to say, all right, we know what we have to do, and we're going to do it. We're not going to set the market for these guys. We have these short-term deals. That's right. These are what we're going to offer, and once we shore that up, that's going to let the ball club, the other players know, and the organization know, as well as the fans, that hey, we think we can get healthy quicker than you think.
2: Yeah, think about Matt if if, he, if John Mozillac had not made the signings right away, and you, you kind of oh. wait, you wait on Otani, you wait on you know the you know everybody, you wait on all the big flies. Uh, uh, what what's going to happen with you know the the, the front line pitchers that are out there? And, and you wait, and then and then you get three guys. You're going to feel like, well, I got the kind of the bottom of the barrel. That's yeah. what, that, That's what you would think. I think now, the term low hanging low hanging fruit, low-hanging has fruit been is, is been in that I've situation. Heard that, yes, <laughs> but but the point is, it's like, no, this is the fruit. This may not be the prime fruit mm-hmm. in in the market, and it wasn't. But it, but it's the fruit that we think will get us back on track again. And I think that's the message that has been delivered. There was a gamble involved, though. Katie Wu from the Athletic sat down with Mo and. It, you, it was a really
3: interesting piece that she wrote because Mo basically admitted that... He was trying to get those first two pieces done as quickly as he could to see basically how much was left to then go get Sonny Gray, and yeah. they, they were late on Sunny. They they got in at the very last second, and luckily for the Cardinals, he wanted to be here, but that was a gamble the way yeah. they did it, and it's a gamble
2: that ends up paying off. Well, it's always a gamble because, you know, you've got rumors out there, of course, the Otani thing became quite a spectacle of, of, <laughs> of, of, of what's really true and what's not, and of course, uh, you know, living in our culture today, you have to be a little discerning about kind of who you're listening Think too, and what's going on. But the point is, it's high level negotiation, and when I say high level, I mean a lot higher than our contracts. Oh, are there's talking no about. doubt. So, so the point is, this is this is like big money for a guy like Otani, and so everybody's going to be close to the vest. The agents are going to try to do what's best for their client, who's got their one shot at this, and it's a big shot, clearly. But it's it's a shot of a lifetime. But they're going to want to get it right, and and so everybody kind of has their vested interest, but they're not going to be sharing. You know too many details so it is a bit of a gamble always mm-hmm. i would say because you don't quite know that you know you may think you got a guy and five minutes later he's signing with somebody well oh,
4: i'll give you a good example let's go back to uh um, David Price. Yeah, Cardinals right. thought they had the deal yeah. done, and he gets a phone call on the golf course, and all of a sudden, the price goes up thirty million dollars.
2: Well, you should not be talking on the phone on the golf course. Well, it's this is what they of tell me. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> That's this the moral is of true. That story,
4: <laughs> but you know, you, you just never know. And I'm sure the Cardinals have snatched the rug out from some teams before who thought they may have had a player as well. I mean, this is this thing is so fluid. It's business. It is, and it's at the highest level, as you mentioned. And it's not just Mo, it's Mike Gersh, it's a number of different yeah. people who are on the phone with different agents well, trying to get a deal and, done.
2: And think about the complexity of making a deal is, you know, it, it, let's say, uh, you know, you're getting the guy you want, but then you've got to make sure you're ready to give them back what, you know, you, mm-hmm. you might need. Or what is that going to cost you? And not just dollars and cents, but personnel. And, and think about the the levels of people That you would, if I'm making a deal, and I'm sure they're doing this. They're vetting the guy on several levels. The the medical people, yes, they have to be there. They're look, they're looking at their Mm X-rays. Has this guy got a problem that we that nobody else knows about? And so you've got that issue. You've got to deal with the veteran players to say, what do you think about this guy, Sonny Gray? I mean, have you ever met him? What I mean, so honestly, that stuff happens too because you want to be getting the right fit, chemistry-wise, with your team, and chemistry can be. Again, it's overrated. It doesn't mean the guy has they all have to be the same exact person. That's not chemistry to me. It's is it a guy that's gonna be a supportive teammate and maybe different, maybe marches to his like Lance Lynn is gonna march to his own beat. But I love Lance Lynn. I I, I mean he's one of
4: my always been one of my favorites. I
2: think he's gonna be just the as your your term. Just the rusty nail that the Cardinals need. Well, guy, we've needed for a while.
4: Alongside
3: of Mike Claiborne, I'm Matt Pauley. You're listening to our uh, very fun conversation that we had with Ricky Horton earlier today over at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside of Ballpark Village. We'll get back to that in just a moment. If you need a glossy, slump-proof gift that won't break the bank for the Cardinals fans on your shopping list, year in and year out, the Cardinals official wall calendar delivers the goods. Order it at 314-345-9000 or visit select area retailers or you can just go ahead and win one right now by being caller number five on the Countdown to Opening Day show contest line at 314-955-1120. 314-955-1120. You're winning yourself a calendar. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network.
1: The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on OX.
3: Welcome back in. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Alongside of Mike Claiborne, I'm Matt Pauley. 2024 Cardinal ticket packs are on sale now and start as low as $55. Choose from 5-game or 10-game packs, all focused around high-demand games and top promotional items like the Bobblehead Pack, Weekend Pack, Opening Day Pack, and more. For all the details, visit cardinals.com slash packs. We'll rejoin our conversation with Ricky Horton as we continue the conversation, which we recorded earlier today over at Cardinal Nation Restaurant and bar inside of a ballpark village Uh, the discussion moved to a place
4: of what teams do when they think about bringing in players you talk about vetting a player and you're right they're looking at the medicals they're looking at the contract but you know what they also should do and I think you brought up character yeah Uh, I'm talking to the clubbies yeah I'm talking to the clubhouse guys from another team to see hey what kind of guy are we getting what kind of guy is he in the clubhouse you talk to other players who may know know guys who know a guy And at that point, then the circle gets bigger and then word may get out in what you're trying to do. But if you don't vet these players, and we've seen some guys go through organizations that weren't properly vetted, and everybody was looking at each other saying, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah. and I don't want to give too many names, but there's some guys from different teams, not right. just the Cardinals, yeah. that you kind of scratch your head about.
2: Well, you know about that on the inside, but you don't want to be the one that's out there saying, "Oh, this guy's a bad guy." That's not, you know, no. Nobody wants to actually say that publicly. But if you're talking about investing in them, you know, it's like investing in real estate. You're going to check uh, everything about the property, the neighbors, and the, you know the, the the foundation and the you know all everything. You're going to you're going to be sure. About all the details, and I think part of the details are, are: what is this guy like? Who was the greatest like clubhouse leader when you were playing that you ever had as a teammate? Oh, I had so many good ones, but I, I mean, I would say the 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 very best one was Bob Fosch to me because Bob was Bob was Bob was uh, funny, and he was also strong enough to tell you stuff that you know <laughs> that you, you might not want to hear, but he would tell you because that was his job, and you learned that Bob Fosch was going to tell you. Some uh, wisdom, and you need to be ready for it. Bruce Suter was like that, too, Uh, and there were several others, but I, I remember the day, one of my first days in spring training, and that's coming up soon. We'll be enjoying sunny Florida before too long, but one of my first days of spring training, I'm running sprints, uh, in in, in St. Petersburg, Florida with Kevin Hagan who was another young pitcher friend of mine, minor league guy. Pitched a little bit in the big leagues with, with the Cardinals but not long but Kevin and I are running sprints and, and, and we're running in a group and in our group was Bruce Suter and I don't know who else maybe Jeff Lottie let's just say but I know Bruce Suter was in our group so we're running polls back and forth and and there are Cardinal fans kind of watching us it's it's maybe day after pitchers and catchers report. Maybe it's day two and Bob Force came up to me who i barely knew, yet. I mean, two days I've known him, he walks up to me and he goes, let me ask you something. Do you think those fans over here are here to see you? <laughs> and he said, who do you think they're here to see? And he said, and I said, well, Bruce Suter. And he said, okay, so every time you run and you're 20 yards ahead of Bruce Suter, because you're hustling, you understand what you're doing? You're showing him up. Don't do that again. Next time you run over there, he finishes before you. So I'm geared up. You know, I'm thinking, hey, I'm in the big leagues. I'm going to work hard. It's like, nah. <laughs> I'll work hard on my own time. Exactly. But don't show up your teammate. Was mm. the, and, and it was an odd lesson to learn, but I think there was a, you, you learn the pecking order. And, and, I, and, and that was just one small example of, of many, many things I learned from Bob. You know,
4: it's interesting you talk about him. Because I think the real clubhouse guys are the guys who can work every corner of the clubhouse. Yeah, no doubt. Not just
2: the pitchers. 100%.
4: He may be talking to Latin players. He may be talking to the infielders. I mean, because every clubhouse has one thing in common. They're all different people. That's right. And if you don't have the ability to work every element of a clubhouse, then you're not really that leader that that you think you
2: are. You know, I love what you're saying there because I've never quite been able to articulate it, but – you know, there are people from the outside that look at a clubhouse and say, "You know, I, the Cardinal clubhouse is—you know—it's not a very good one because you got all that—the the black players in one corner, you got the Latin guys in the other corner, you got the pitchers over there in one corner. It's like..." I never thought that was a problem because Uh, the deal is you have common interests, whatever that is. Might be music, it might be positional, like you play the same position. It may be the language with the Latin guys. So of course the Latin guys are going to want to talk to each other. I mean, when I played in Dominican, I couldn't wait to have a conversation in English (laughs) because I wasn't doing it all day long. So the point is, that's not that's not a split clubhouse. But but it can be a split clubhouse if there are not people that are joining all those groups together. And, and I think what you're talking about is very important. And, and whoever that is, it could be a, a pitcher or a player or, or a coach or a manager needs to be conscious of that. But I've never thought that, you know, we're different. I mean, people are different. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, make sure you're, you're pulling the same direction.
4: Yeah. See, I want the room to be different because, yeah. A, I'm going to learn something about somebody else that's going to help me be better. B, I'm going to have a reason to play for each other. You know, and I think that's important because if everybody's just like
2: me, we got, we have no chance to win. Well, if you want to learn something, go sit in the corner with the Latin players. You'll learn Spanish. Exactly. Too. <laughs> well, whether you like it or whether not. You, like, you learn the bad words first. And here's the
3: thing. Uh, just from being a minor league baseball broadcaster for as many years, I remember when I was in uh, doing low-A baseball, all the Latin American players – uh, and this was before Major League Baseball took care of housing for players right. in the minor leagues. Right. Which I'm glad they do they, now, It's Matt. a great thing. All the Latin American players would get one... Little apartment, yeah, and there'd be eight, nine of those guys yep. in there. That way, they had as much money left over to send it home. That's a different life experience than the first round pick out of USC. So here's another thing they do.
2: They and you know this, but they would buy they would buy a car. They'd all get together and buy a car for like five hundred dollars, and they would all pile in this car. And then at the end of the summer, they'd leave the car in the middle of the street <laughs> and just take off. I mean, it was just and and yeah. you know, it, it is it isn't really funny. It's sad that that was their their existence. So I had an experience in the minor- Leagues, uh, my first year being in Saint Petersburg, Florida, and, and with the Cardinals High A team, I was in the back of the bus with the Latin guys. I loved to hang out with. I was, I just loved to hang out with them. I, I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the comp- learning Spanish and all that. And I started teaching one of the players English because he was not very good at English. And we actually had textbooks in the back of the in the back of the bus. And we would go through the colors one day. We would go through verbs one day. And and, and i you know, I just I liked him. We were buddies. and and, and so. He's, he's learning English, but I'm learning Spanish as yeah. we do this. So, so I'm loving this. And we had a guy in the front of the bus, uh, and, and he stood up and he said, <laughs> he literally said to me, he said, stop talking Spanish back there. You need to be, this is the United States. You need to talk American. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget this.
0: We need to talk American. What is that? He didn't and, end up being a general manager. And, and, or no, anything. he, he
2: was gone. He was. No, he, I think he was mad because he was a left-handed pitcher. And maybe oh, and you had him. his job, and I had his job, and and he was not not long for the uh, Cardinal minor league system. But but that's a bad chemistry thing. That's the whole point. And it isn't even. It's about talking our team. That that's really what it is about. It's about being a teammate, and and he obviously didn't get that. Well.
3: Um, when, when I was again low A, the Royals, who I was working with, they had English classes yeah. for all the Latin American players yeah. that they had to go to twice a week. I don't, I don't know if the average fan realizes players from other countries, especially Latin American countries, what they go through oh. as their process coming
2: up. Well, good, and, and the Cardinals do a good job of this. I think all baseball does now because they've realized that you just you have to take care of your people. You just have to, and there's training, and there's a lot of, that goes into that. And there's a there's a, you know it's a, it's a wide world of potential pitfalls in baseball. Whether that's you know what you're doing on the road and and personal activities and relationships and money and I mean. It, Freedom. I mean, all that stuff is out there, and and you have to kind of curb that and and kind of teach that a little bit. And these are young guys. That's the other thing we forget. And we're going to be in spring training, and there's going to be guys first every year, time away from home. Every day, first time away, exactly. We're going to look at guys, and and claims. You know, what we'll, do we do? It, Matt. We do. We every spring training, you look at a guy, and go, he looks like he's twelve, exactly. <laughs> because the older you get, you realize that they're not much. They're closer to twelve than I am. And so so I'd say the, they, I
4: have neckties older than most of these guys.
2: Right. You do, and you and you realize that you can't. We always say, how can a young player do something so stupid? And my my answer always to that is, Don't, do you have do you have a seventeen year old in your family? I mean, are you thinking they're they they got a life all figured out? It's like no, 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 and it's like and then you give them a million dollars. I mean, I, it, it is not surprising that guys end end up with some problems. But the but the but the point you're making, Matt, is the teams are being much more diligent about teaching not only language stuff but also professional and personal development things, and that will start with their early step camp that they do down in Florida, which is really important. You know, you
4: talk about the language thing, and you have fans that will be critical of a, a player from another country, and I'm saying to myself, he's already got a leg up on you because he, he can at least speak two languages. Exactly. So what do you, you can barely speak English, you know, and you have people who are critical, and I'm like, you, you have no idea what these players have to go through. Uh, and I, I think sometimes we have to take a step back. Yes. And as you mentioned, yeah. because of the youth, yeah. learning a language on the fly, not necessarily in a classroom structure like we learned English as children. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a real experience
2: that a lot of people e- don't really appreciate. And English is not that easy to, to, to learn. You you got no. you got a lot of expressions that don't really make sense. And mm-hmm. and if you you start talking about doing an interview. And and you know, guys, certainly you know, there's a, there's a baseball language. Like you could say, you know, they're gonna they're gonna know how to say, Bunch, yeah, my arm bullpen. didn't my arm didn't feel too good, and mm-hmm. it's um, you know, and 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 then you know, people listen to him and they go, boy, he just doesn't he doesn't really have command of the language. Of course he doesn't. No. I mean, he's just he is out there doing the best he can. So uh, the fact that they have interpreters for players now, I think, is is helpful. And and guys. Guys are using them when they have to, but you know, I think they're also. I think they're using them less, though. They are, you know, which is a good thing. I agree. Um,
3: You're listening to our conversation with Ricky Horton. We recorded it earlier today at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar over at Ballpark Village, alongside of Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. We'll continue on with that conversation next hour. We still have much more to get to this hour, including all the details on the upcoming winter warm up. That's next. This is the Countdown Opening Day Show on the Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX.
3: It's the countdown to opening day show across the Cardinals radio network and you can be one of the first fans to catch the Cardinals at Spring Training 2024 in Jupiter, Florida. Cardinals Vacations makes it easy by being your one-stop shop for spring training travel. Make your plans today. Call Cardinals Vacations at 800-892-7687 or online at cardinals.com slash vacations. Coming up next weekend, January 13th, 14th, 15th at Bush Stadium in Ballpark Village. It is going to be the annual Winter warm. Warm-up event Earlier today, I got the chance to speak with Michael Hall. He is the Vice President of Community Relations for the Cardinals and also the Executive Director of Cardinals Care. And he, like many folks, very much looking forward to the winter warm-up.
6: Yes, we're excited. Um, you know, it'll be here before we know it. We're, you know, doing all our details and getting all our plans together now. But yeah, um, it's coming together well. We're looking forward to it. This is always an exciting year, time of the year for us. So uh, can't wait. From a fan perspective, the questions I always get asked,
3: people want to know about the autographs. And there are some guys who are already sold out, but I know there's opportunities for free autographs, guys are being added. How do people get all that information?
6: Yeah, so to get all the info, you can go to the website, it's cardinals.com slash wwu. But you're right, the autographs are very popular and people do ask about them a lot. Um, There are some guys that are sold out, but there's still a lot of guys with, with availability. Um, we, we have a good mixture of our current roster, uh, some minor league players, uh, alumni, and so uh, we encourage people to go to the website and, and take a look, I'm, I'm sure there's still someone that's available that would be interesting to fans.
3: One of the things I do, I get a kick out of like what order guys sell out because obviously there's some players that you expect to but there's some I think I saw Mason Wynn maybe it sold out do you do that do you look and go wow this guy's got quite the attention this year
6: yeah you know it is always interesting each year who sells out sooner than others you know it changes from year to year um but that's the great thing about it you know it's the it's the fans and it's their perspective and then they get a chance to go on and, and purchase who they want and so um you know that that part of the event is is very popular and it's and it's it's great for us because winter warm up is a fundraiser for the foundation cardinal's care and so with the autographs being as popular as they are it helps us raise a lot of money for kids.
3: We're talking right now inside of Cardinal Nation Restaurant and Bar inside of Ballpark Village and for another year uh, the event is going to be taking place at Ballpark Village and also inside uh, of Busch Stadium. I know you guys were really happy with how it went last year. Are there tweaks made for people who maybe attended last year compared to this year?
6: We did make a couple tweaks. Um, we usually do each year. We, we listen to fans feedback and just from what we learn uh, throughout the event. Um, One of the things that we've done is we've we've moved one of the autograph stations from Ballpark Village over to the ballpark. So there'll be another autograph station in the Champions Club. Um, And then this year we also, the presentation room was over here in Ballpark Village in the Shark Bar. We moved that over to the ballpark down in the visiting clubhouse. So those are a couple tweaks that we made. Um, It'll give fans an opportunity to, to go between the two buildings. Um, we also are changing the entry point from gate four to gate five, uh, which is a little bit different from last year, which is directly across the street from ballpark village. So they'll make a little bit easier for for fans to get in and out. Um, but for the most part, it's going to be very similar as, as to last last January.
3: And for people who haven't gone, it's more than just autograph signings. There's, there's presentations. There's the chance to go in the clubhouse. There's a the chance to go in the museum. I mean, there's so much going on uh, during those few days.
6: Yeah, no, thanks for saying that. It, it's important for fans to know that your admission ticket includes the opportunity to go on the clubhouse tour and go out on the field. It includes the opportunity to visit the museum. It includes everything that comes with the winter warm-up. Now the autographs, they are separate and they are a separate cost, but your ticket does get you in. We have uh, things on our main stage, uh, presentations and, and conversations with front office executives, players, um, announcers, uh, some of our folks from the media. We do presentation rooms where uh, it's typically a smaller group, but it's an opportunity for fans to hear from others within the front office and some of their job responsibilities, sort of a behind the scenes view. Um, so there's, there's a lot to do. There's kids activities uh, specific. There's an exhibitor hall that's up in uh, our level three. Um, so there's a lot. It's, it's a fan fest. It's a family friendly event. Um, we encourage if you haven't been, please come down, take a look, see what it's about again it is a fundraiser uh, to raise money to help kids in the community
3: and as you referenced the the fundraiser this is the uh, the biggest fundraiser correct for, for cardinal care each
6: year yeah it has been traditionally our largest fundraiser um we we've, we've been fortunate with the with the fan support and we've been fortunate with the players and the alumni support um, for them to come in for that weekend and uh, not only for winter warm-up we have the caravans that go out over winter warm-up weekend as well um, so it's it's a big time of year for us as an organization not only uh, for the foundation but the organization because really everyone within the organization is a part of of these two events the warm up and 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 the caravan so um, just really looking forward to it you know kind of kicks off the year for us for baseball you start as soon as warm ups over boom you start yeah. talking about spring training and so Um, It's a great time of year to come out and talk and be about and be around baseball.
3: That's Michael Hall, Vice President of Community Relations and the Executive Director of Cardinals Care. And this is the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. We continue on with the countdown to opening day show across the Cardinals radio network alongside Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. Single game all inclusive tickets for 2024 are on sale now and start at just $55. All-inclusive tickets feature complimentary food and drinks, plus a great view of the game. For more details, visit cardinals.com slash all-inclusive. Also want to mention something that the uh, Cardinals announced earlier today. They announced a concert that's going to be uh, coming up at Busch Stadium on September 27th. That's during the team's final road trip this upcoming year. Billy Joel and Sting are going to be uh, performing, and tickets are going to go on sale coming up next Friday. That's Friday, January 12th at 10 o'clock in the morning. Morning, but a pretty big concert announcement from the Cardinals with Billy Joel and Sting coming to Bush Stadium on Friday, September 27th. That's just about going to do it for our number one of the program. When we return, we're going to rejoin our conversation with Ricky Horton, the conversation that we uh, recorded earlier today at uh, Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar inside of Ballpark Village. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network.
1: The countdown to opening day show continues with Matt Polly and Mike Claiborne on King MOX. Back at it as we get into
3: hour number two of the Countdown to Opening Day show here on the Cardinals Radio Network alongside of Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. The Cardinals Caravan, presented by Missouri Farm Bureau, hits the road January 12th through the 15th. The Caravan is a great way for fans outside of St. Louis to get up close and personal with their favorite team. For more details or to see the 2024 schedule, visit cardinals.com caravan. We're about to rejoin our conversation with uh, Ricky Horton. He and Claibs are going to be on the same caravan together, going to Springfield. Missouri Joplin Missouri and Rolla Missouri I'll be on a caravan as well I'll be headed to uh, Mattoon Illinois Springfield Illinois Decatur Illinois and Centralia Illinois Uh, lots of players lots of alumni lots of broadcasters going to be uh, doing these caravans so again check that out at cardinals.com slash caravan. As we do continue on with our conversation with Ricky Horton, uh, the conversation kind of shifted to uh, the international aspect of baseball and how there are so many players from other countries, players who speak other languages, but how that uh, that language barrier, language gap, whatever you want to call it, maybe does not exist so much.
4: We had a couple of interpreters who basically spoke for the whole team. Yeah, right. And now... Yeah. I don't. I'm trying to think. Who do we have now? This past year, we have some guys who would prefer not to talk yeah. as
2: much. Well, we had Cabby. Like, Hennessy Cabrera did, but not, Cabby like, worked on it. But he worked on it too. Uh, and there's no doubt. And we had him. We had him a couple times in our yeah. pregame with with some thing. And just you know, here's the other thing. If you if you speak the other language, you know what questions you, you don't go up to Hennessy Cabrera and say, you know, I've been contemplating um, the variety <laughs> of. Um, a, a pitch selection that you've been using over the uh, last fortnight. I mean, because exactly. you no. tell me, and it's like what? I mean, you have to speak. You have to speak words that you know are easily discernible for somebody because that's because they learning. hear them. Yeah. Exactly, and that's and that's a trick.
4: Now you played with Fernando. I sure did. Now apparently he knew English better oh, than some of the guys who were born in this country, there is, and he no never doubt. let
2: on that he knew how there, to speak English he, as well as he did. Fernando had that sly little smile to him, and and you know he he just. He always knew what was going on, and he always pretended he didn't, and he did that for his own edification. Like, you know, it, you, he knew everything. I mean, honestly, he, he he spoke English perfectly, and I got to be pretty close with Fernando. I love Fernando, and he was a cardinal at one yeah, point. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. He's one of those. I think he finished with us. Think about the list of people that we could come up with that were cardinals, and people say, really? Yeah, They played exactly. the cardinals? I mean, there's we've had a lot of short-term visits from some pretty – Pretty uh, famous baseball player. My all-time
3: you, favorite memory of Fernando as a Cardinal, they're playing the Brewers, and they're playing uh, in the uh, – it's a throwback jersey game, so they're wearing the baby blues. Oh, boy. And that, that so, have been a good one. No, look. Fernando comes out wearing the baby blue. And I think he really struggled that game, if I remember correctly. But I remember watching that game on TV yeah. and going, that
0: jersey not was not right. built yeah. for him. No, <laughs> that's not
4: right. <laughs> that's bad karma, wasn't it? You, you know, it's funny we talk about the language issue. We had a player with the Cardinals uh, who was – locker next to a guy who spoke Spanish who was from the Dominican Republic and they got into this really spirited debate where it, it was not going well and as the guy the guy who spoke Spanish walked away this guy was saying some very unflattering words to this player not knowing he didn't he could speak Spanish oh. and he turned around and aired him out in Spanish and in English and everybody in the clubhouse looked and the only people who knew he could speak English was myself and uh, Carlos Martinez. Okay, we were the only two that knew he could speak Spanish fluidly because he played ball every year. Interesting. And uh, the look that guy had on <laughs> his face—that he, you know.
2: So, so isn't this the cool thing about baseball? I mean, baseball is such a unique sport. And you know, I, you know, I enjoy watching basketball, especially college basketball. And you know, we all love football. And you know, but there's something about baseball that. Is it? it just—it's really a world game, yeah. And it didn't it used to global. be. global. So when we have a World Series, we are really having a World Series now. And 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 the fact that the Cardinals have a player that I've not met yet, who's from the Netherlands, I'm looking forward to to meeting him—a pitcher, uh, Robersey. And and that's and, right. And and yeah. you know, here's a guy. I just was reading about him this week. A guy that, um, you know, he, he was. His father was a player. And he, he couldn't find anybody to play. I mean, he was just so good, but there was nobody around him that is actually playing baseball. So to, to to seek out and find a place to get better and continue to to work on. Uh, Getting a shot at being a, a professional player—that's that, pretty impressive. So I just love the kind of intermixing that, that baseball has, and variety of you know even within the United States, regional you know players from California, players from New York, players from Florida, uh, and and all over. And so that's uh, to me that's been a that's been a fun journey for me personally to get to know our country better by, by being in in the world of baseball. You One know, of, when you think
4: about it being a global sport, you know I, I kind of liken it to hockey where you have players from Canada, yeah. and especially from Quebec or French-speaking provinces. Um, that's the only other time we actually see that take place where you know, it becomes more global. Now they have players from Europe that come over, but you don't see many hockey players trying to speak Russian yeah. or trying to speak Czech or whatever. But you know, they stay within their swim lane. Right. But I think in baseball, because we've kind of embraced everybody from where they come from, yeah. and, I think it's, and I think if I was a player, I would be fascinated to listen to a player from Japan or Korea, or as you mentioned, the Netherlands, and just kind of pick up certain words. Yeah. And like you say, you get the bad words first, they'll teach you those first, (laughs) and then you kind of figure out how to say hello and goodbye
2: to someone. Well, if I I ever had a chance to have a conversation with Otani, I think the first word I'd want to learn is money. Yes. (laughs) I think that that probably is on his radar
3: right now. One of the uh, greatest lessons I ever learned as a broadcaster uh, in the minor leagues I would do pregame interviews, and I never interviewed Spanish language players just because of the yeah. obvious language barrier. And we had a player's name was Adrian Ortiz. He went to Pepperdine, a highly educated kid, and he came up to me one day and he said, "Hey, the, the, the Spanish speaking guys feel left out because oh, you're not interviewing yeah. them." And there was also a subway gift card that went with each yeah, interview, right? so they wanted their <laughs> yeah, subway more than talking to yeah. you. Yeah, and but he said they feel left out because you never asked them for interviews. I will uh, translate. So How anytime you want to talk to a Spanish language guy, just come get me and we'll do it and I'll translate. And it showed leadership from him in the clubhouse. It taught me a lesson oh, that I've taken through my entire career. It was one of the best
4: moments for me personally. Isn't that I, great? That's, I, a, that's a terrific story. Man. I've done that before in, in pregame shows for the last few years. And you find the guys who can speak Just enough English so they can understand you. You try and speak a little slower. And as you mentioned earlier, you keep the terms that they're familiar with compared to trying to sound like you're giving a commencement speech. And they appreciate it more than you think. They really do. Uh, I didn't have a gift card, but if I would had one, maybe that would help me even more. But point being, they want to feel engaged with what the game is all about.
2: So, so think about this. I had had the reverse uh, experience this summer. I had the uh, the joy of uh, of doing uh, interviews with the Spanish broadcasters for uh, uh, STL City. Uh, Actually, they're. Went to, awesome. went to a soccer match, and it was, it was awesome. It was so much fun. It was beautiful. I loved being there. It was great. So at halftime, they had me on the air. And, and my predominant thought when I was done, and I was doing it in Spinglish, So I, you know, I, was, I would kind of... <laughs> so they would pick it up every I, third I word. I going back and forth a little bit. But you know my, my predominant thought when it was over is, what did I say? <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you kind of don't... You think you know, but you're, you're hoping that... And so think about... So I had some angst over that. So... What about a player that you know is from another country that does it? Realizes that they're trying to sell themselves, they're trying to brand mm-hmm. themselves, market themselves. That you know they want to get it right too. So that, I think that's just on us to try to help them do that the best we can.
4: As we talk about international players, let me get your thoughts on what we saw with Otani and also uh, Yamamoto.
2: Yeah. So I, I think I think what we saw was you know a greater. Confidence, it, it, and it, you know, you go back 10 years for the idea of signing somebody from Japan or fr- somebody from, from from South Korea, and you're kind of going, Well, how's that going to translate to the United States? How do we say, Okay, they're the Cy Young Award winner? And even back to Darvish, let's say when Darvish signed, it's kind of like, I think he's going to be really good, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe it's because he's pitching there, you know, or or, or, or even when the Cardinals signed Miles is back, it's like he, Michael Michaelis had made a, a great leap by playing. Uh, overseas but you know is that going to translate back is he going to be the same guy that he was m- before he left or so there was a little more unsurety what I see now is great confidence among teams to say we're gonna bid on these on these players because we think he's ready we're we, yeah. we, we know now I mean yeah. we, we we're not we're not discounting the the type of player that that this guy can be and, and the fact that he can be an impact player and I think Otani maybe kind of pushed that over the edge the first time that he signed and has done what he's done.
3: We're talking with former Cardinals pitcher Ricky Horton, now obviously part of the Cardinals Radio Network alongside of Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. We have uh, one more segment to go with Ricky. That's next. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show here across the Cardinals Radio
3: Network. Alongside of Mike Claiborne, I'm Matt Polly Earlier today, we were over at Cardinals Nation Restaurant and Bar inside a ballpark village to have an extended conversation with former Cardinals pitcher, current broadcaster Ricky Horton. As we uh, continue on with the conversation, we were talking about Shohei Otani. And for uh, Ricky, he thanks very highly of the Japanese superstar.
2: In my mind... You know, I I would have to argue the best player ever to play the game. I I, I do believe that, and you know, Babe Ruth hard not hard I, I, hard to argue against Babe Ruth. It's but hard to argue against the gold standard on what we build
4: on. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
2: But 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 you know, and and maybe it's, it doesn't matter. It's apples and oranges anyway. But the point is, you know, Otani is doing things that nobody on the planet can do, and I don't know we're going to find somebody that can do that in the next 50 years you
4: know it's when you talk about Otani we had Harold Reynolds on at the winter meetings and he started to talk about the first time he actually saw him in person in spring training Mm. and the things he could do with power uh, the things he could do throwing from the outfield and just the little things and it's kind of like when you have that generational type player or like for us when McGuire would take batting practice and everybody would stop what they're doing to watch him and I guess that was the same way with Otani because people had not seen when Mike Trout tells Harold Reynolds you got to see this guy yeah right I mean we talked about the guy who was considered the best player in the game telling somebody else no 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 you need to watch this guy if you think you think I'm something you ought to pay attention to him and when you have those guys you should take a deep breath and when they came to St. Louis this past season uh, we didn't have a lot to look forward to, but I was looking forward to watching him and every movie he made. And he, he was fascinating to watch. And when I would, would get a chance to see him up close and personal, we
2: will. Opening day, yeah. in fact, that's going to be a, that's going to be hot uh, hot ticket. Are hey, you Los don't have any tickets for that? <laughs> I, I, I hope I, I hope I have one in the booth. Actually, is what I'm hoping for. But but it's it's going to be an awesome day. Here's my here's my take on Otani. When I've seen him, don't know much about him as a pitcher. I've not really seen him pitch like a whole game. And we're going to have to wait, of course, for another mm-hmm. year before that's going to happen anyway. But the at-bats that I've seen him take, it's, it's almost as if he's taking batting practice against big league pitchers. So, so a normal hitter taking batting practice has a, has a nice, smooth swing and knows where the balls go. And he has such, I'm going to say, great vision, but great plate awareness. And he, it looks easy for him. To hit the especially ball, especially that sharp. pitch low and away. I mean, he can crush anything. I mean, I think, that's the one pitch that I've just it stands out to me that I've yeah. seen him
4: go the other way with 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 authority. power. Yeah, yeah exactly. and So I
2: don't, I I as a pitcher, I watch him hit and I say, you know, can I walk him? I mean, honestly, yeah. you got to think that because I, I don't know where to get him out. I mean, I haven't. You, you watch certain guys, you can say, okay, you can get him out if you do this, and yeah. you know. He, he, not might not get it there, but I got an idea. But with him, I don't. I wouldn't even know what the idea well,
4: was. Well, let me ask you. That's a good point you make. So, do you think he'll lead the league in walks? Because I don't know who's going to hit behind him. Well, I, I know this. He's not better than he's not better than Ohtani. And when you look at that Dodger lineup, they're really good one through six. Yeah. Those seven, eight, nine guys. I think I take my chances with. Yeah. So the question is. Do you take your chances with the guy behind him compared to? Well,
2: let's say it's let's say it's Will Smith. I mean, Will Smith is you know you take your chances with him, but he's not a bad hitter. No, I mean, he's, he's been, not. All, he's been an all star for goodness sake. So so it's not as if he's you know he's a he's a double A player. I mean, this guy's a, a good hitter and a good player. So I, I just think we're gonna he's gonna he's gonna create a really good year for whoever hits behind There's him. No I, th- I mean, yeah. I think that's gonna happen. And and so um, I, I I just. Because they're going to get in a lot of situations where they have to throw that guy strikes because the bases are going to be loaded. You're going to give them RBI opportunities. And, you know, I mean, we're not that far from removed from an era when we watched Barry Bonds being walked with the bases loaded. I agree. Th- think yeah. what you want I about agree. Barry Bonds, and yeah. maybe he should be in the conversation as one of the great players, and you can asterisk him if you want. But the point is, he was walked with the bases loaded in his big league career. And you know, not many people are going to get that no. treatment, but that might happen with
4: Otani. I, I, I can see it happening because... You have managers today who really like to push the intelligence envelope. Oh, right. Okay. Right. They want to remind you that they're pretty smart.
2: Well, they have intelligent people that are helping to exactly. push the intelligence. Yeah. And,
4: and, and he, he's speaking on behalf of all of them. That's there right. might be a piece of paper telling them exactly. to do something. There's yeah. a committee of intelligence. Yeah, exactly. People. But you know, I, I think we'll see it. I don't yeah. think there's any question. And uh, that'll be give us something else
2: to talk about. Yeah. Well, there's always something to talk about, Matt, in baseball. And that's that again. One of the joys of the sport is the is the depth of it and. You know, it, it is. Um, uh, you know, to me, it's. It, you can explain the game simply. You hit, you run, you throw, and whoever has the most runs wins. And people can enjoy the game that way, and they can just come to the ballpark from wherever people come in from all over the Midwest to watch Cardinal baseball. It's a cool experience. So you got that. If you want to analyze it deeper and deeper and deeper, and de- there's always another level. And that's, uh, to me, that's. It's a thinking person's game. Yeah. You don't have to be. You don't have to overthink it. But if you want to, there's great joy in that. Well, I love the fact that with technology now, if you really want to
3: get in and you're you're watching a game on GameCast cast, you yeah. StackCast and things like that, they'll tell you what pitch was just thrown. If you want to learn about sequencing of pitching, right. you can do that now. Where when I grew up, I could look at the the, the gun and say, okay, it was 95 miles per hour. That was right. probably a fastball, but I didn't know what was being thrown. So there's the ability to learn more about what's going on. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's one of it's one of the favorite things that I've you know back in the day used to do on the on the tv side and post game show is you take a an at-bat and you try to explain whoever it is you know why adam wainwright threw fastball up and in slider down and away uh curveball change up fastball in fastball away why did what what's the sequence of that what was what's he thinking and and you can break down you know First of all, the fact that he's throwing the corners in all those cases and, and and changing speeds. You can see the change of, you know, and then and maybe the fastball was the first fastball is ninety-two and the other one's eighty-nine, and that's part of changing speeds too. But you also can make the point of what it means to change what the batter is looking at. I mean your vision, you know, is a tricky thing. And if you throw every pitch away and that's all you're looking at, your eyes are trained there, you're gonna get better at hitting that. And even if it's just a foot on the other side of the plate. That looks different to a hitter, and that's part of the game.
4: You know, um, you, you hit on something. Hitters adjust. Yeah. Okay. And I'll give you a good example. When Aroldis Chapman came up, he was throwing 100 miles plus, yeah. and everybody was like, oh, my goodness. There, nobody's ever going to hit this guy. Right. And for a little bit, they didn't. But once guys start to see that fastball enough, guess what? They started turning that thing around, and it happened to Chapman. It happened to Jordan Hicks. It's happened to a lot of guys over the years. Uh, who kept throwing fastballs at 100 miles an hour, and if it didn't have any movement on it, they were going to get hurt.
2: Well, they they stopped saying, "Oh my goodness," and they just no. they they've, they've really it it, they bring it on, bring yeah. and they and they've trained their eyes to that. And uh, you know, I, I'm not sure who said that. I, I'm I'm thinking it might have been you know our, our great friend Mike Shannon. that used to say a player can hit a hit a bullet out of the gun if you give him enough uh, reps at it. I mean, it, it, I, it I just move, yeah. just to be able to see it over and over and over again, just you know, it, it is an amazing. Ability that hitters have that, um, well, the three of us don't have. No, that's There's why a,
4: we're doing this instead right. of making seventy million dollars a year.
2: That's right. There's a documentary out there called Fastball,
3: yeah. and it's really good. And according to the scientists and doctors and smart people on yeah. this documentary. Your brain and eyes should not actually have enough time to recognize a fastball above 90 miles per hour, right. yet these guys do it, and yeah. it's, it's remarkable.
2: Yeah, and, and, and not only do you have to recognize that it's a fastball, you have to recognize where's it going to end up. Yeah. And where's it going to end up when it's at the front of the plate? Not, I not, know, not, by the
4: way, if you can make contact with it, that would help off.
2: Yeah, also. and the first thought that goes through your mind is it's 90 miles an hour. My brain can't contemplate where it's going to be, but I want to make sure it's not going to hit me. So yes. that's, that, that's step number one. You want to get that one out of the way. Mm-hmm. And all this takes place in, you know, at one point, I, I know the, the, the number was point, point 0.49 seconds, but I'm probably lower now, maybe 0.45, let's say. That's how much time from when the ball leaves the hand to when you've got to actually make contact. That is a very short period of time to pick up the ball, pick up the spin, g- understand the velocity based on how the ball's coming out of the pitcher's hand, and where is it going to end up? Is it going to hit me? And is this a ball I can I can handle? Or not? I mean, that's a lot to think about in, in less than half a, a second.
4: snap of a finger. Yeah, you're yeah. right.
3: We will start to wrap things up here with uh, with Ricky Jordan. What are you? What's your biggest question going into the
2: season for this team? Cardinals bullpen is my biggest yeah. question, and and I I, I, thought, I don't think uh, they're done figuring out what the bullpen is going to look like. But but I will say this about about every baseball team, you know, in our era of baseball now is I think there's a lot of people that aren't sure about what their bullpen is. It's it's actually. You look around baseball, there's a lot of people that have a good year one year and a bad year the next year, They're relievers I'm talking about. Get off to a bad start, but then next year you're really good. I mean, you know, I don't think Giovanni Gallegos, we saw the best of him this year. And I'm no. a big fan of him. I, I love Giovanni, but he lost something with his slider and it just, he became. I think he had some nagging injuries. He, and he may have had injuries. a little bit. Pitch clock. Pitch clock, yeah. world baseball classic, all those things come into play. And, you know, players are, you know. It's a, there's a delicate thing going on in your in your in your mind and in your heart when you're pitching at that level. So when you get in the flow, it's easy, and then it's not. And so maybe it'll be easy for him. Maybe he'll have a great year. But but the point is, you don't really know. I think there's a lot of teams that don't really know who you know who's going to emerge. And you know is um, you know is there another arm out there that the Cardinals are going to get? I, I think so. But the, I think right now, status quo. That's the area that needs to needs to be worked on. Now the fact that the Cardinals have all of these starters, if there's going to be a lot of potential starters. If you throw in, say, Libertor and Thompson as an example of guys that are not top five guys anymore because they went out and got new guys. And there are they candidates for the bullpen? Is Stephen Matt's going to be go back to the bullpen again? I mean, that's all that's possible. I don't think it's projected at this point for Steven. But the point is, he looked pretty good out of the pen. Throwing ninety-seven miles an hour, and you know maybe Thompson looked at, when he first came up, looked really good out of the pen. So who knows? I mean, there may be a kind of a diamond in the rough there that you that you already have. You're just looking to looking to explore that.
4: Has has the bullpen role changed? Because I look at the Dodgers and <clears throat> they made all these acquisitions. You have Otani, you have uh, Glass now, yeah. you have uh, some other good pitchers, but none of those guys have a lot of innings. Yeah, on their arm. Yeah. So that means your bullpen is going to be more active yeah. than ever Yeah, because you're going to probably see guys in the sixth inning instead of the seventh. Same thing I would think would be the Cardinals. Um, you have some guys who are longer in the two. They're going to give you five hard ones, perhaps six. But all of a sudden, you're making a call. You're going to use three to four guys every night.
2: And I think the most important thing to constructi- constructing a bullpen now, which was not even a thought years ago, is you need to have several guys in your pen. Let's say three guys in your pen that have options. Yes, it, yep. and, and what does that mean? That means you can't be all veteran guys. No. you got to have a 27-year-old that throws really hard, and you'll use him, and he'll throw really you hard, hard for a couple days, yeah. and then you send him back to Memphis until you need him again. And, and so your bullpen's not eight guys. It's 12 guys or 11 guys. And I think that it, that's what works now. I think other teams are doing that. Tampa Bay certainly does that very well. The, the Dodgers have done that well over the years. Uh, and, I, and I think we'll look for that, I think, for the Cardinals uh, in 2024. I think they'll do it as well. Ricky, this was great. Thanks for coming out and doing this. Good to be with you guys. Always Good to see
4: you, sir. And uh, we'll remind all of our listeners in Cardinal Country, you and I will be where next
2: week? Where will we be? We're going to be in Springfield, Springfield, Missouri. Missouri. We're going to be in Rolla. Rolla. We're going to be in Joplin. And and we're going to be uh, with uh, a lot of... uh, a lot of uh, future Cardinal players. Ivan um, Herrera is going to be there. Sonny. Sonny is going to be gonna, with We'll us. tell that story with him. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and of course, Brendan Donovan and Brian Ludwig, Ricky Kiel will be with us as well, so it's going to be fun.
3: That was our conversation with uh, Ricky Horton, former Cardinals pitcher, current Cardinals broadcaster. That was a whole lot of fun. Hopefully you've been uh, tuned in for the last uh, hour and a half or so as we uh, had an extended conversation with him and always uh, enjoy being able to talk to him about many, many different things. Don't go anywhere. We've still got a lot more coming up. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network.
1: The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on King OX.
3: Back at it. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show here across the Cardinals Radio Network. Still playing back some of the conversations that we had uh, during the winter meetings when uh, Mike Claiborne and myself were out in Nashville. We've got one of those coming up in just a moment. Right now, I do want to remind you, though, about the 27th Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up coming to Bush Stadium in Ballpark Village January 13th through the 15th. Admission tickets include access to the Cardinals Hall of Fame Museum, an exclusive tour of the Cardinals Clubhouse, and many more family-friendly activities. Learn more at cardinals.com dot com slash w w u chris townsend has been uh, connected to the oakland a's for quite some time and he is the host of their a's cast live we were set up next to him at the winter meetings in uh, nashville and uh, sat down and talked with him for uh, just a little bit and he was obviously uh, very happy and very excited to uh, be able to do an interview on the cardinals radio network
5: it's great to be on your show and of course to be on this historic station i know how big the st louis cardinals radio network is and and what the cardinals mean to our game truly one of the great franchises not just not in baseball but in american sports history when you think of all the great success of of the cardinals and it was great meeting you and now i can bug you during the season and bring you on all of our shows
3: yeah absolutely so I'll, i'll tell a story we had a cardinal radio network banner that was up and it was getting into your shot a little bit And I worked really hard to tape this thing up, so I was not going to move it for you. As much as I like you, (laughs) I was not going to move it for you. Uh, And then the hotel people came up to me and said that I was not allowed to have anything taped on the wall, so I had to take it down.
5: Well, it was was really odd at the start of the meetings because when they put us in between the Cardinals and the Cubs, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, we could have something ugly here. Because the two of you guys, I love the banter back and forth between you two as rivals because we get to see – Some of the Cubs stuff when we're down, because we're both in Mesa, Arizona, for spring training. And they sell all these T-shirts, ripping the St. Louis Cardinals. I know you guys do the same. It's a fun rivalry. So being in between the Cubs and the Cardinals, but let's talk for Cardinal fans. One of the great things, they've done nothing. Nothing. They've sat around. They came down here at the very beginning, marquee sports, and they think they're going to sign all these guys. They've done absolutely nothing where you guys have gotten better.
3: The Cardinals have gotten better. Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and we'll see what else they're going to do when all is uh, said and done. What I enjoyed about it, I didn't really know what A's cast was. I, yeah. I saw you guys at the Winter Meetings last year, but we weren't right next to each other uh, like, like we are now it's a baseball show. It's, it's not just about the A's. It's it's a baseball show. Correct. You guys do video. You had all kinds of great guests on during the three days of the winter meeting. It, it was absolutely fantastic. And our game needs more things like what you're doing.
5: Well, what we did when I left, I, mean, I haven't left terrestrial radio completely. I still do. I still on the radio for our games and our pre and our post. I still do cable television. I still post some TV. But We realized that the future was going to be in streaming, both audio and video. And we're now seeing it more than ever with all these RSNs, the cable deals for the regular listener, uh, are dying in baseball. And the commissioner talked last year in San Diego, Rob Manfred, about how we need to worry about baseball going in a new direction, how we deliver it to everybody. It's going to be through phones and tablets, and everybody connects these phones to their cars. I mean, traditional AM radio, it's going away. So it's one of the reasons why we created Cast was for everybody to be listening to it, and we know the younger generation, they don't even know what AM radio is. They don't even... I have 18-year-old twins. Mm-hmm. They don't listen to the radio in their cars. They don't. I mean, so it's like we realized we needed to create a different platform, and we kind of see ourselves, and we have for years. Uh, with, we've now... You know, we're approaching 7 million downloads. We have a lot of great live listeners. We, we turned it to video, a lot of video content. So it's... Our station streams every day, 24 hours a day, 365. So when people say, oh, it's a podcast, well, we're a ton of podcasts. We're basically like a functioning radio station slash TV station that runs 24-7. So, uh, and, and the thing is, for me, I want to be sitting here just talking about analytics and data all day long like a lot of shows do now. It's about having a good time. Right. It's about delivering a fun product for everybody to listen. I'm glad you brought up the point that we talk all baseball because when you hear A's, you think, oh, boy, with all the issues that we have, we're only going to be talking about A's and Vegas and Oakland and everything. No, we talk, we cover, we have all the top names in the business on throughout the year, especially during the winter meetings. I'll put our guest list against anybody, and we talk about the game. We cover the game as good as anybody.
3: I agree, I, and I've been sitting here watching uh, your guest, I know your producer, Cody, has a lot to do with that. But it's been, uh, I've just really enjoyed it over the last uh, few days. So kudos to you and your Speaking
5: team. of entertainment, okay. I, I can, can, can I bring up something with Cardinal fans? Yes. That for, as A's fans, we've never really had it out. But you guys have been really poaching off us for many years. So last night, knowing that I was going to come on, here's some names of guys you've taken from us. Listen to this list. Mark McGuire. Yeah. Tony LaRussa, Dennis Eckersley. Jason Isringhausen, Mike Gallego, Rick Honeycutt, Mark Moler, Kiko Calero, and Todd Stottlemyre. Those are all the guys that just at dinner we could think of that went directly from Oakland to St. Louis. Now, there's been guys that have played. You know, Willie McGee showed right. up and played for the A's. We're talking about guys that directly were taken from Oakland to St. Louis. So about half of those guys were the 96
3: Cardinals, La Russa's first year. That was the team that I fell in love with. That team changed my life and changed my career because uh, I was born in 82, so I'm, what, 14 years old in in 1996, and something on that team clicked with me. That was a Cardinals team uh, that got to the NLCS, was up 3-1 on the Braves, ended up losing, didn't get to the World Series. But that 96 team was the team where I fell in love with the game of baseball, so it's fun for me hearing a bunch of those names because yeah, so many were Yeah, you took them from
5: us. Okay. Yeah, How about okay. the home run race should have been in Oakland, and you guys got it in St. Louis. It should have been Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Oakland, Chicago. But I think it ended up best for baseball, obviously St. Louis and, and Chicago. That was that uh, that and Cal Ripken Jr. Break of the yeah. streak brought baseball back. There's no question.
3: That was Chris Townsend. We got into a lot more at an extended conversation, and we're going to play the second half of that conversation on a future edition of this program. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network.
1: The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on OX.
3: We're back at it on the Countdown to Opening Day show here on the Cardinals Radio Network alongside of Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Polly. One non-baseball thing that we learned uh, earlier today, Claibs, Billy Joel and Sting are going to be coming to uh, Bush Stadium on September 27th. Joe Buck was the one to make that uh, announcement earlier I today. I think
4: that they hit hit a home run with those two uh, for a couple of reasons. I mean, you know, Billy Joel's been on a retiring tour for, what, five years now? Yeah. At some point, he's going to go away. Uh, and Sting is one of the most accomplished musicians in my lifetime. And to have them on the same stage or appearing on the same night is, is one that we, we should truly step back and appreciate. Uh, because for me, I'm a little older. I just don't see as many great musicians as I used to. Technology's had a lot to do with that. Uh, but when you can see those two on the same stage the same night... You gotta take advantage of it. Where are we at? I, I, of course, we're going to be on the road that day. Yeah. I don't know where you're at. Well,
3: maybe that's a trip you're not going to well, take. You, you
4: never know. You never know. I'm going to look that up while, as we speak. So, I've, my
3: theory I've heard other people say this and it makes a lot of sense. The, the music industry.
4: We're in San Francisco. Okay. It's not a bad trip. I guess I'll miss Billy Joel and uh, Sting, but somebody will have my seat.
3: Yeah, St. Louis obviously takes some shots. It's not a perfect city by any stretch of the mind. But Billy Joel and Sting, I think they're doing three or four concerts together. St. Louis gets one. Uh, Ricky and I were both at a comedy show a few weeks ago when it was Jerry Seinfeld and Jim Gaffigan. They did four shows together, and St. Louis was one of them. This is still a city where artists and performers want to go.
4: Well, it's interesting we're having this conversation because— Many, many years ago, my dad and some other guys were in the concert promotion business. And uh, Steve Shankman eventually grew it into what it is today. So I I had a pretty good background on that. And you're right, there are artists who would always like to come to St. Louis for, whether it was the food or other things that St. Louis provided, but this was one that was always on their stock. And I'm amazed, though, that Taylor Swift has announced some more dates And St. Louis is not part of that, because if it's me, if I'm St. Louis sitting on how many millions of dollars from the Rams? Why not make a four or five million dollar investment to have Taylor Swift come to your city where every hotel will be full from here to Columbia, Missouri, from here to Pekin, Illinois, and as far south as a boot hill for all those people who would come here. So between the hotel revenue, the food and drink revenue and the downtown appearance, it's a moneymaker. that 4 or $5 million I would invest, I'm going to get 10 times that back. Yeah, no, you're right. I think she's in bed
3: with the NFL a little bit. She tends to play NFL venues.
4: Well, that makes sense, too. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, And I wouldn't be surprised at some point if they have a a bigger relationship down the road.
3: Yeah, I would think that's the case. So uh, we'll, we'll talk more about this next week, but we certainly want to get this on the mind of people. Winter warm-up in about uh, a week and a half. Also Cardinals Caravan, you and I are both going to be out yep. uh, on caravans uh, that weekend. This is the chance for Cardinal fans, if you are listening to us right now, we're going to be close to you in somehow, some way. It's your
4: chance to connect with the and, team. And come on out. <clears throat> we have plenty of question and uh, question and answer opportunities Uh, doing some autographs and things of that nature, just meeting and greeting the folks. And uh, we'll all have a good time. And I enjoy the bus rides with the guys. But when we hit those towns, we're looking forward to meeting people who believe in what the Cardinals are all about. And we'll make sure they go home feeling better about the team. I I feel better about it already. I would even feel much better if I had some news to take with us when we go on this Cardinal caravan. And you never know. You never know.
3: You know what you realize, though, when you do these caravans, when you do winter warm up? We get stuck in sometimes in the Twitter world and sports radio callers and things like that. We love those people, but they don't ah, represent. Ah. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice guys. We love Not
1: those all people, of them. but
3: they don't represent the fan base They really don't. Overall. And, you
4: know, we used to always talk about a, a sports talk show may get 5% of all the listeners and callers. Uh, those calls that may represent 5% of everybody else who's listening. So they really have a a murmured voice, in my opinion. So I love to just listen to people talk. But more importantly, I like to make sure I dispel the rumors and the myths that they hear because they were reading somebody uh, who's never at the ballpark, who's writing stories. And Matt, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You see these stories on the Internet and you know they're not true. You're in a clubhouse, and I'm trying to figure out who these people are yeah. who are never around who can write such scathing articles about things they really don't know about. Well, I love the callers. I'll
3: get a caller say <clears throat> how bad the clubhouse is or Ollie's lost the clubhouse. Yeah, and yeah. they
4: go, I-, I didn't see you in the clubhouse yeah, earlier exactly. today. Where were you? And how would you know? Yeah. Because none of us in the clubhouse, when it counts with regard to his communication, none of us sit in the dugout. Yeah. None of us know any of those things. And for those people who insinuate that this, this is the case, they're 200% wrong. Mm-hmm. And and that's the f- unfortunate and frustrating thing about what goes on, which is the reason why I'm glad we're able to get out and address some of those issues down the road. Next week, Chip Carey is going to be our featured Chip guest. Chip Carey will be here. I talked to the chipster uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. You, you call him from, the chipster to his face? Uh, i call him anything. Yeah. Okay. yeah I, I, <laughs> I, I've called him a lot of things. But I call him a great friend more than anything else, and um, he's looking forward. I think he's coming in a day early, and uh, we'll hang out. So as a matter of fact, he and I are driving to Florida together. Hmm. So we're leaving at the crack of dawn after we come back from the caravan that Sunday, and we're going to drive. We may drive straight through because we're going to go to his place. He lives in St. Augustine, and then we're going to go to my place in Jupiter, and then we're both going to go down to Fort Lauderdale and hop on the Cardinal Cruise with our significance. So, uh, Cut this down. Been doing this a long yeah. time, man. <laughs> I got it figured out. <laughs> you know what? I can't get a lot of things right, but I get this time of the year figured out to the T. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, this was a fun show, Clems. We'll see you next week. I can't wait. Uh, we'll be all revved up, ready to go for uh, the Cardinal Caravan, the winter warm-up. Folks, come on down to winter warm-up. It's all under one roof here at the Lowe's. And uh, they got off to a great start last year, and I expect it to be the same this year. And normally, there's something else we ought to bring up. Normally, when the Cardinals sign or trade for a player, they normally do it before the winter warm up. Yep. So who knows who might be showing up next
3: They year. like them. Hey, you get that autograph signed there, there you go. That's good for the Cardinal there care. Go. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. Thank you so much for being tuned in to this week's edition of the Countdown to Opening Day Show on the Cardinals Radio Network.